Hi, welcome to the next episode of the Deeper Darker Variety Show. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. And we are here tonight from our second week in isolation and yeah. going through the living hell that is... <laughs> so this is still the pandemic edition. <laughs> yeah. If you hear a little bit of scratching on the track, it's because I recently shaved my head, which is how... Yeah, it looks fucking great. Thanks. It looks really fucking great. I'm a little jealous right now. <laughs> it feels really good. It feels very freeing. So who knows? I might have stumbled on my new thing. Probably. I'm going to play around with it. But it's it's nice to... I just got tired of having hair on my head the other night. It was really pissing me off. Yeah, and you fucking went for it, too. You're just like, I hate having hair. Going to get rid of hair. That is the type of problem solving that I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time to do it. No one's going to see it if I don't want them to. <laughs> That's true. So if it turned out really bad, I, I would have said shit. I would have been like, no, I just no, changed I didn't my do mind. Anything. Changed my mind. I'm just not going to see anyone for see, a couple months. <laughs> see you guys in June. Right. <laughs> uh, you guys also might notice that our already incredibly sexy voices sound that much sexier thanks to your producer eric who got us each our own brand new microphone we got fancy mics because we are top shelf whores apparently for producer that's right. eric that's right he loves us yeah as so. he sits quietly in the corner of my house he also passes <laughs> these mics around to other people so we're not that special but yeah. we're gonna pretend like we are yeah so uh while in isolation i'm having a hard time like i can't watch I, I'm not good at watching fucked up shit anyway, but right. I extra can't watch fucked up shit right now. Like right now right. I'm rewatching classic Simpsons right. and uh, Wes Anderson movies. Right. Nice, even, pretty. Usually I'm totally down. I, I love fucking horror movies. Yeah. I'm a horror fanatic, but right now I'm like, I think I'm going to watch a comedy yeah. or like a fucking some, some shitty romantic comedy, just to kind of some light stuff. Although I did rewatch, um, both seasons of Mindhunter. Oh, really? I haven't watched that. Oh, girl. I don't so, think I can. Like, it's, it's So it's not... I mean, of course it's fucked up because it's about like the FBI and like, yeah, yeah. following serial killers and shit. But I, I don't find it to be terribly dark. I think the okay. second season... Is, is there gore? No. Okay, as long as, no, there, no, no. as long as there's no gore, I can take psychological horror to a point, and I like oh, psychological horror. Oh, no, yeah, it's, horror. it's psychological shit. Like, it's just so fucking good. I, I like old stuff, you know, if I'm going to do horror, I like stuff from the 60s, like Rosemary's yeah, Baby, yes. and, you know. Dude, that movie is still one of the most fucked up it's movies I've It's a great I've movie, seen. plus Ruth Gordon is in it, who is right. Maude from Harold and Maude, and she's also the mom yeah. <laughs> in... Uh, Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood. Have you ever seen it? Oh, my God, I didn't realize that she was the mom. Oh my goodness. She saw that porch with that shotgun. It's amazing. It's amazing. So that's, that actually was not my original segue to this topic, but it's also referenced in the show that I was going to bring up, which is the Venture Brothers. And the Venture Brothers, if you got there, if you don't watch the Venture Brothers, if you're into this show at all, you'll probably be in the Venture Brothers because right. it's all of this weird, like their pop culture history. Yes. Uh, really weird shit that they managed to reference if you like hunter thompson if you like johnny quest the basic premise of the venture brothers is if johnny quest 
grew up. What kind of fucked up kid would he be? <laughs> fucking right. Constantly being kidnapped, constantly being a, right. like tied to missiles by adults. Right. He'd be fucked up. And he's actually in Venture Brothers as Action Johnny, and he's a junkie. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah. Think about his childhood. Of course you're going to be a junkie if you're getting kidnapped all the time. So so the, the titular Venture Brothers are the sons of Dr. Venture, who was a Johnny Quest in his day. So, and they're, they're, they're based kind of on the Hardy Boys and some other stuff. I, I, so I always like get Venture Brothers mixed up with Metalocalypse. Which oh, I yeah. Know they're like totally different. Totally but. different, but it's the same like. <laughs> yeah, Cartoon uh, Network. Block of shows, the Adult yeah. Swim block. So in, in all of these different references, and they're constantly, it's a show that's just loaded with references if you have the right uh, mind to pick them out. Brings us to today's topic. That I, I got from an episode of Venture Brothers called Viva Los Muertos, which is <laughs> don't know Spanish is long live the dead. Uh, season two, episode 24, for those of you interested, the groovy gang. And groovy gang. it is a parody of Scooby-Doo, uh-huh. but they're also all these horrible figures from history. Fred is Ted and he's based upon Ted Bundy. Yeah. I'm like, wait, which Ted? Ted Bundy or Ted Kaczynski? Uh, uh, probably a little bit of both. There's yeah. there's a lot of mixtures in them. And, and when I originally had found this, I had found other references, but this is what I found recently. Uh, Shaggy is Sonny, which is David Berkowitz, the son of Sam. Yes. Son of Sam Killer, famously, because the dog talked to him. Scooby <laughs> is Groovy, who is Harvey, the David Berkowitz's neighbor's dog, who he had claimed. Thought, like... Talk to him. And the dog him was to telling do. him to kill. Yeah. yeah. The so, thing is, he if you look at if you watch those old or he listen to the old interviews of David Berkowitz. Yeah. He's so matter of fact about it. He's yeah. like, yeah, the dog uh, was a demon and told me to do these heinous murders. And you look at him like, are, are you fucking? Are you are you deeply trolling me? Or are you being serious right now? Fucking dog told me to do it. And and, <laughs> and just like that, nobody believes that 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 uh, excuse me that Groovy is talking to Sonny. Sorry, I keep I keep messing them up yeah. with the Scooby-Doo characters. Velma is Val, who is Valerie Solanus. She was a radical feminist back in the 60s and the 70s, an out lesbian. Uh, <laughs> one of those radical feminists that advocated for, like, the killing of all men, except for oh. who were keeping his breeding stock. Right, right. Males have no Y chromosome. A male is just an incomplete female. He's a walking abortion. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's from the Venture Brothers episode. And probably, and by the way, like, we're feminists, but not that feminist. No, no, no. <laughs> Equality. Well, that that is uh, feminism at its base is equal rights. This right. is we don't want to be better than this men. is extra rights. These are right. authoritarian rights. Yeah. Finally, Fascism. we come to Daphne, who is Patty, based on Patty Hearst, of course, the uh, daughter of William Randolph Hearst, who right. was kidnapped by the, by the Symbionese Liberation Army and wound up brainwashed by them yes that's right and wound up joining them and robbing mm-hmm. banks with them she's based upon patty hurst and colleen stan that brings us to today's topic colleen stan the girl in the box nice fucking segue yeah thanks <laughs> the world in 1977 things have changed but people are still hitchhiking for those of you too young to yeah. remember this people used to well, hitchhike people are still everywhere hitchhiking. people are still like not locking their doors and stuff. Yes. I mean, that's when like the the Golden State Killer just went yes. fucking rampant. Yeah, and and it hadn't Manson and all the terrible things that happened at the time really hadn't fully soured everybody yet. Right. So it's 1977, and there's this 20 year old girl, Colleen. She's hitchhiking from Eugene, Oregon, down to NorCal, which again is 
so normal yeah back yeah. then like Just this is of, absolutely normal if you read david sedaris's books and i think he's about that same age he talks about hitchhiking back and forth across mm-hmm. the country it scared the shit out of me i wouldn't do it uh she's hitchhiking to her friend's birthday party and she winds up taking a ride from this guy and one of the reasons why she gets in the car in the first place is because he's with his wife and his baby so the guy kind of creeps her out but he's with his wife yeah so she like it's a trusting thing it's yeah. like oh okay there's another woman there he's not gonna there's do anything a, to it's me a fam- he's a family man yeah. like totally fine and she i think when i was reading too she had passed up on two other cars yes. before his car yeah she <sighs> she had she was being cautious she wasn't just getting in the Fuck. car with anybody she was being cautious and she she took this gamble which unfortunately we'll get to that cameron hooker and his wife janice and their eight-month-old baby so jesus i feel bad for that fucking baby she gets in the car with them they even stop at one point to use a restroom and she's in the bathroom and she said that uh, quote uh, a voice told me to run and jump out a window and never look back and she didn't do it and for all of the, especially young, young ladies out there listening always trust your intuition every fucking time i guarantee you well trust your intuition and if like if you feel like something is wrong, then, like, start yelling, screaming, call attention to yourself. Yeah. Because, like, who, even if there's nothing wrong, that person will just go fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And don't worry about hurting their feelings. But, I mean, easier said than done. But totally. do trust your intuition. I have personally almost been snatched a number of times. And really? Yeah. I had a guy, I was nine years old and we had gone down to the park there was a park there was a big green belt yeah so it was you you went deep into the park you couldn't be seen from the street and it was in between these houses these housing tracks and my grandmother had taken my cousins and i down there and i got pissed because i wanted to go home and she wasn't she was taking too long so i just took off i started walking and then this at one point this man came out from his backyard and started following me and he's following me and I'm like trying to walk faster and he's following me and following me and I'm going, oh, hell no. he's coming after me. And I turned the corner and there was a, a group of teenagers standing right there and I just ran straight for them. Yeah. And I That's turned the best around, thing you can do. Yeah. Run to people. I turned around and he was watching me. He stopped. Dude, I, me and I me. have never almost been snatched. I think that it's a combination of, I always look kind of angry and like I'm about to just lose my shit on somebody <laughs> at any given moment which I, I'm a very friendly person I just have this look about me yeah you do kind of look like you and somebody out. um my birth mom was like a psycho drug addict and she just was very paranoid about men and at a young age taught me to be very paranoid about men that's how yeah that's how so, I learned like, as well if somebody was following me as, as a kid when I was like riding my bike I would just whip around and be like what the fuck are you looking at motherfucker and they're like Damn. <laughs> Damn, Casey. So she gets back in the car with this guy. And at some point during this ride, she pulls off the highway, puts a knife to her throat, and he blindfolds her. He puts her head in a box. In a box that has been created, <sighs> and it muffles out light and sound. That just gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies. 35-pound box. Because that means, like, there was an intent there. He knew what he was going out to do. So we'll get to that as well. But he, this is an agreement. They, Ugh. they set out to do this and we'll get to that at the end. I the wanna... husband and the wife together. Yeah. And I, oh, and fuck. we'll, we'll rewind a little bit to when Janice came into this picture because mm-hmm. we're, we're looking at a picture here of, as of both women who have been abused and broken in their own ways by this man. So the, the wife had to, she didn't want there's this no to way happen she either. did this like, but 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, she she didn't want this chick in her house either. But yeah. what had happened? So she meets Janice when Janice is 15. She meets Cameron. He's I 19. shouldn't say that because there are like there are couples that go on these murdering sprees. There are. Like, there have been the, plenty the of them. The chick is like totally into it. Yeah, the, this chick is not. She's not. She's not here to do this. She said she was just an insecure girl didn't like herself i mean easily could have been mean she, she, yeah no matter how good or how rotten a guy was to me i just kind of latched on to him right and she also says she was the kind of person who gave who gave in so somebody would love me and all she wanted was this guy's this guy to love her so they're dating and things are going fine and he starts by asking her if he can suspend her from a tree by handcuffs so to to Colleen or his wife Janice? To his wife. This is okay. so, this is long before Colleen has come in the picture. This okay. is just when he's meeting Janice. This is she's still a teenager, and she's in love with this guy. And he asks her, you know, can I can I do this weird? And when you say weird bondage, suspend you from a tree by your by handcuffs. So bondage at this time, we're talking about now. Like if you get into any kind of kink. You can find people online and you can look up information. Right, right. Online. We are certainly not king shaming anyone. No, no, we no. Are but all into our it's own it's easier shit. to do it now if you're into it. Back in the seventies, yeah. when you're into kink, you're having to buy like backdoor magazines. Even the magazines right. are hard to get. You're getting stuff that is is still considered. Remember, this is around the time. Let's see the seventies. I can't remember what year Deep Throat came out. Deep Throat came out and was the first like major. I think that was in the sixties. I think it was I, the seventies. The seventies. I think so. Okay. But the point, whenever Deep Throat came out, this is... You're right. It was probably the 70s. Mm-hmm. Deep Throat was uh, groundbreaking. They, this porno was not accepted. Porno was hard to find. Pornography in general was yes. really... It went through a hard time. This was illegal. You could show these movies. So so laws changed, which they allowed... They had to go to, like, the, the dirty theater. Even before that, you couldn't have dirty theaters, if I remember oh, correctly. They had, they had live shows, but they were go-go dancers, depending yes. on the area. Of course, like the whole... Or you can go to, like, a porn store. Yes. And you had to pay to watch it there. You couldn't, like, take it home or anything. Yeah, yes. So so when, when porn, when pornography came, and this is before home video as well, so you couldn't take pornography home with you. You would yeah. have to go to a theater at this point. It's so funny. They, they actually thought that when home video came out that it was going to, like, ruin the porn industry because they're like, people are just going to film their own shit. Well, it did. If you think about it in the, in the form of people like in boogie nights where they're shooting what the pornography films, right. Like, they care about the story and it did ruin porn in the sense that amateurs. Right. Did you ever, did you watch It's a like pretty recent show that was on HBO called the deuce? No, but it's all about that. It's all oh, really? about like, um, the, the basically the sex worker industry and the porn industry from, basically like the late 60s through the 80s and just how oh, yeah. it kind of changed and, and melded. Yeah, it's a hugely, it's an interesting, very interesting topic. We'll probably cover on it later. Yeah. But my point is, is that this guy is experimenting with bondage in a way that, that he doesn't, you're kind of working without a net. Right. And a lot of times only people doing this or, or, or at least the only people spreading the information on this are people who are kind of more twisted and right. doing it for weird reasons. Uh, so he asked time, her, of course, of course, yes, yeah. not, not, not now so much. Uh, he asked her if he can suspend her from a tree by handcuffs and he says other girlfriends have let him do it. God knows if that was true or not. He might've just been saying that, just like been saying a, that to like, get her to, to do make it. her feel comfortable. Yeah, well, and to manipulate her. Yeah. Other girls did this for me. Don't you want to do this for me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other girls made me happy. Yeah. Don't you want to make Fuckers. me happy? <laughs> so he asked her if he can do this to her, and she did it for him, but it hurt her, and it scared the shit out of her, but he Fuck was yeah. super affectionate afterwards. So she she came to 
to do it for his affection, to get yeah. what she could get out of him, to get this affection out of him. And which in, in BDSM stuff, like the, the love and the care afterwards is like a totally normal thing, but it's in this situation is different because he's doing it purely to be man- he's manipulating her. Yeah. He's not doing this because he loves this person. And that's the hard part is, is in, even in, if you're engaging in kink, finding a dom who is doing it for you and not for them. Precisely. It's hard to find. I mean, it's hard to find relationships where people aren't yeah. doing that kind of shit to you. So she's, he is getting more and more into this through her and he's whipping her and choking her and like playing, uh, submerging her underwater, like half drowning oh. her. Yeah. Scaring the shit. And again, she's not into this at all. Yeah. This is not her thing. She's so, like, can we not do this? She wants this to stop, but she loves him. She loves him. She wants to have kids with him. So he brings up the idea of, can I get a slave girl? So, Damn. Yes. How do you, okay, how do you just seamlessly bring that up in a conference? Like, are they just having dinner and drinks? Like, hey, babe, what do you think about me getting a slave girl? So I'm thinking about maybe having a slave. Maybe. I would chuck my cocktail glass at a guy. Right? <laughs> like, really? Really? <laughs> I would throw everything in the house at this person. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the... This is the deal, and she really wants this to stop happening to her. She really wants to not get whipped. So maybe in her eyes, she was like, well, okay, it benefits both of us because now I won't be hurt yeah. anymore. And she's, you know, this is this is somebody who's also, if he was this terrible, as we'll get into to Colleen, we're getting to Colleen. If he was this terrible to Colleen, he's not a good person. And no. it's highly doubtful that he treated this woman well. So you're right. working with somebody who's being beaten down and that's going to be the theme of the next few episodes that we have of, of women in situations where they are being beaten down and having their their souls stolen stolen yeah. so to speak you hashtag know, women's history month there you go <laughs> uh, a lot of people want to look down on situations where uh, women get into crime through these things not understanding and that's also what we're going to get into with colleen's story about people right. not understanding why she didn't walk away we'll get to that yeah so back to colleen She's put into a 35-pound box on her head and taken home because they have been planning for this. Oh, and what a monster. He's keeping her in the cellar at first. He was suspended. He's got her uh, suspended from the ceiling until he gets the box under the bed ready. And he's put the her... The box... Uh, the what? Under <laughs> his bed. Under the bed that him and his wife were fucking in. He has oh, made a box. my God. So he puts this woman in a box where she will spend pretty much 23 hours a day for years. Oh, she oh, oh, just laying in a box underneath their fucking laying bed. in a box to, to in order to go to the bathroom, she would use a sort of not a chamber pot. We had this like a bedpan. A bedpan yeah. that she would move up with her feet and use the use a chamber pot. Oh uh, my god. Cold cold hot whatever. She's in this box 23 hours a day and she's only taken out to be abused. At, the, at first, he is not, he's having non-penetrative sex with her because that's part of his agreement with his wife. He's not to be having... But he can do, like, anything else. He can do whatever. He, he starts raping her with objects. He oh is electrocuting her, beating her, whipping her. And once he has gotten in it, again, remember, she's being kept in a box. He starts telling her that she is legally his slave, that there is a group called The Company. And the company is in charge. <gasps> Ooh, what a dirty piece of shit. Yeah. That's what, that's where it really gets weird. Uh, I, so I, he's scaring her. That he's she's... scaring her. He, he has convinced her that the company, if she tries to fight him or get away, the company knows where her parents live. 
and they will kill her parents oh, if she tries to resist. Monster. And he actually has her sign a contract and they give her a number. And at one point I had read a while ago and I could not find it again. So uh, this might be incorrect, but I had read that he even pierced her labia with a, an ownership tag. No fucking yeah. way. Yeah, like legally his slave. Legally his slave. Ooh, I, oh my God, I just want to go fight someone yeah. right now. Yeah, so she's kept in place with this contract and, and being told that if she does anything, her family will be killed. And that way, again. God, what a fucking dirt bag. Yeah, yeah, so this is going on. He's raping her and he's kept her here. So he's kept this woman from 1977 to 1984. And for years, again, years, she's being kept in a box under a fucking bed that she can barely move in. And she's being taken out only to be raped and beaten and abused. So she's getting no sunlight. No sunlight. She can't move. Can't move. So her muscles are probably like atrophying. She's probably super weak. She's weak. She's, and again, broken. This is how you break a human being. And then once you've broken somebody, you can do any number of things or get them to do any number of things. So Janice is living with this. And as, as the time goes on, she's allowed out. I mean, out. Janice is just like, cool beans. I, from the things I've read, Janice didn't, was not okay with this. But again, Janice wanted to keep her husband. She yeah. now has this kid. They run up well, having two daughters. she manipulated. Exactly. So this is somebody Jesus, who. Jesus, I forgot they had kids. Like, yeah. how the fuck do they do this and have. Uh, the kid, the kids had well. no idea. At one point, Colleen became their babysitter. She Shut would watch the- them, and then the kids thought she went home. The kids were completely unaware of the fact that she, that she was, was living in a box upstairs. Under in, the bed. In mom and dad's room. Yeah, I think at one point they were living in a trailer, too. So it's not like they had a ton of room. Yeah. I'm just blown away by this. She's this is fucking awful. As, and as things are going on in time, she's allowed to be out more because she has been broken, and she does not believe she can get away. So even though she's not physically restrained, she's still restrained. Right. I was kind of reading up on it, like... She was allowed to go outside and do chores and shit for them. She, went, she like, could go jogging. That's she could right. use the phone. At one, uh, at one point, there, she's now allowed to call her parents, who she hasn't spoken to in a long time. What the fuck is she telling her parents? Like, Just, well, remember also, this is the 70s. So a lot of people's kids ran off and joined cults. 60s oh, and the 70s yeah, you're totally right. was the beginning of the, uh, the co-ops. Oh, yeah. There's another word I'm looking for. um, Communes. Communes. The communes. And the communes are going on, and a lot of cults are going on. The Hare Krishna cult's going on. Yes. They're all all kinds of them. I fucking love me some cults. We'll probably have a lot of cult discussion (laughs) on the show. There's a lot of cults going on. So in 1981, he actually took her to visit her parents. This woman he's kept as a slave, as his sex slave. So I just have to, I mean, like, I know parents were more understanding, but at the same, and she's an adult and everything. But I'm sorry, if my child is, like, not speaking to me for years, I'm going to think there's something fucking up. They think she's in a cult. She's wearing, like, homemade clothes. She doesn't have any money. This shit but is going on. why don't they call the fucking cops and be like, my kid is... Because if if your kid's in the cult willingly, there's not a damn thing the cops... Yeah. This is the problem. She's been so brainwashed. She can't tell them that she wants out because she thinks that they will be killed. So when they see her, they think like, she's fine. She's doing good. No, I don't think they think she's fine. I think they are aware that something really fucked up is going on, but their hands are tied. And remember, we're also going to talk about this with the Manson girl thing. Uh, We've had friends that we have seen get into situations where you know, it's a bad situation and you know, this person's going to do them dirty and you have to smile 
and tell them, I think you're, this is a bad idea, but I love you and I support you right. and you just have to, you, you just have to you sit have there and to swallow choose it. your own adventure. They have to figure it out on their own. And because if you tell them that they're doing something wrong, they're just going to pull away because they think that, you know, they're so in love with this person yes. and, and you don't want to lose that connection. Yes. And that's a what, tough spot. That's what their parents are. Their, their parents had to know that they're, this is a very delicate situation. If we yeah. ever want to see her again, yes, we can't push her. We can't try and force her to do anything. And then from Colleen's perspective, if she says anything, her parents are dead. Right. And I, I mean, so everyone's hands are tied. I everyone's mean, like hands phys- are tied. Physically, yes. literally and figuratively. I mean, you, you, you and I would do the same. If we thought our parents were in danger, I would do anything for my parents. Absolutely. And so she, all she wants is to keep them alive. And she's, she's still scared. And this is how, again, cause the constant, constant constant brainwashing that he's doing well and the abuse and the manipulation like he she believes this company will come and murder she her. believes that there's a fucking company yes that's, she believes in this oh my god and there's, there's no other that way is out some grade a fucking brainwashing there yeah yeah so she is allowed to visit her parents and they actually on the second day stan actually comes has the fucking gall to come and meet her parents. There's a picture of them together that was taken that Ew, day. Ew, what a... Yeah. Oh, I hate this person so much. I hate much. him too. He's a piece of shit and he is still in prison and they are keeping him Thank in prison. Thank God. So, so Colleen is getting through this. The interesting part I was reading, obviously she used her, her faith. She was a faithful person, so she believed in God. So that was a, a, a crutch for her. But the interesting one for me was that she escaped into a different land in her head. And that's what I... like. That's what I used to do. I I, came, well, it's a coping mechanism, yeah. big time. I came from abuse, so I, I had a lot of imagination games and yeah. a lot of places in my head to go. Because yeah. you got to check out. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, that's what, like, um, I was talking to my therapist about this recently, actually, because, like, I came, I was a child of abuse, too. And they say, as when you're a kid, so you have, as an adult, you develop your, like, f- uh, fight or flight reflex. Yeah. But as a kid, you have a freeze reflex, and you just freeze... And because you don't know what you don't necessarily know that what is happening to you is wrong. Yeah. You just kind of try to manage it as best as you can. And that includes just fucking mentally going elsewhere. Yeah, because you can't do anything about it when you, when you have no power. Yeah. You, there's no point in staying tuned in. You check out because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to go freaking insane. Yeah. Among other fucked up things. What this woman was doing, watching these kids, taking care of business, cleaning their house, doing all this shit. She was helping build a underground bunker for more slaves. That is a whole new level of fucked up that I just, that's like making someone dig their own grave. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get more oh women my, in here. Oh my God. When in the box, she was kept in, in the box under the bed, there was a picture of another woman, uh, Mary Elizabeth Spunake? Spunake? It's it's a hard name to pronounce. But she was a victim, a previous victim of this guy that was murdered and never found. They never found her body. And she found a picture of her? The picture was, he put the picture in there. (laughs) What a fucking monster. Total monster. And this crap is going on and going on. He's he's uh, introduced to the kids. She's introduced to the neighbors. They just... It's, what do the neighbors think? They just think like, oh, they're this like free love couple, probably, whatever. or maybe that it was like a, a sibling nanny or, or nanny or anything. I mean, again, it's the seventies. People are doing weird shit in the seventies. Yeah. So and that was kind of a time where like people didn't really. I mean, you still had the like neighbors who were in everyone's business, like we do today. But for the most part, people just like yeah. I mean, weird shit goes on. You kind of just what are you going to do? It's not your business. Yeah, and it doesn't seem again if she was in danger. 
Would she say something? That's how, that's how most that's people how think. That's how they thought, yeah. The, especially at this point. So the, the public and reaction right. to like, this is really shitty. And you're right. Like, she's an adult. Shitty. I mean, even if the cops came... She would just say, I'm here yeah. on my own free will. I'm here. Like, they're just going to leave again. There's nothing to do. God. So th- what the turning point was that Stan wanted Colleen to become his second wife. Okay. And Janice, that was too much for Janice. Yeah. So. Oh, that that's where she drew the fucking line? Yeah. Yeah. God. So she. Uh, you can beat and torture this girl and make her live under our fuck bed, but you cannot marry her. Yeah. I mean, well, she's she's been compartmentalizing. She's been dealing with all this shit. For some reason, that was too far for her. Maybe because it really felt maybe she was just doing this out of wifely duty. And if another one, like, yeah. now you're making this one your wife too, then being a wife means nothing. Yeah. So, I can see that. So Janice tells Colleen that Stan's not a part of the company. But she still pretends that the company exists in general. And uh, she went to a bus station and, and Colleen went to a bus station and called Stan to say she was leaving him. Uh-huh. And she left. And he, he started crying. He was very upset about his... Started crying? Yeah, what his a sex little bitch. Left him. Yeah, she didn't. So she just left. That's what. That's how this ends. Is she just she, went she home. literally just goes home. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. She doesn't. And, and the company, if he can't. He's not part of the company. Then she doesn't have to be afraid for her family. So she heard that and left. Just took off. She went. That's back so home. weird. How it just like she just snapped out of it. Yeah, and that. Well, once she knew her family wasn't in danger. So I, I, if anything, that the woman's got incredible will to yeah to just be like oh. Fuck you. But she didn't, uh, she didn't call the cops on him. She See, didn't. I'm such a, like, call their bluff sort of person. I'd be like, oh, yeah. there's a company that's going to kill my parents. Prove it, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> Do it. My mom will probably rip you a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Go talk to my mom. She'll, she'll fuck your shit. My your mom, mom will would... beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to kill me? Fuck you. <laughs> that's, I think that's how I got that attitude is my, my stepmom, who I referred, she's my mom. But she kind of gave me that, like, do it, bitch. Try, try me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So this woman, this whole thing ends just rather simply. <laughs> Janice is the one that reports them to the police. Uh, eventually, the whole trial goes on. There's nothing really interesting about that except for the way that Colleen was treated. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome. So she she did end up reaching out to the police. Janice did. Janice, Janice called did. The, okay. the cops on him uh, for the previous woman. They never found her um, remains. There's no physical proof. So there's no murder charge against so him. So what, what were his charges? Let's see here. Hold on one second. So it says here that he was sentenced to consecutive prison terms totaling 104 years for sexual assaults, kidnapping, and using a knife in the process. That's how that came to be because Janice narked on him, thank God. And thank you, Janice. Yeah, kept him from getting anybody else. Uh, and she was granted immunity for her trends. But the way people treated Colleen, because Colleen did so well, why didn't you run? Why didn't you run when you had and the it, chance? And it's like, I, I hate when people question victims like that or like yes. when people question, especially fucking victims of any sort of sexual abuse or mm-hmm. sexual assault, why didn't you come to someone sooner? It's not up to you when, when, People open up about their sexual assault. I remember when it happened to me. So when we were kids, you remember in the 80s, they had a lot of those little PSA cartoon things, uh-huh. the little commercials. Yeah. And there was always that one that says like, you know, if some some old motherfucker touches you, like, it's not your fault. <laughs> and I remember being a kid, like, of course it's not your fault. Like, why would that be your fault? <laughs> Seriously, I would always think like, like no shit. Why, why would it be my fault? <laughs> but then when it happened to me, 
it was my fault. I felt so filthy and dirty. Like I could not, I eventually had to tell my family I was molested because they yeah. wondered why my military career went, went yeah. south. And I eventually told them I was molested. It took me six years to use the word rape. See, I was never, I, I never, it's hard to say. I never felt like it was my fault, but I definitely felt embarrassed to say yeah. anything because Just, I'm like, everyone looks at me as this like strong woman how could I have let this shit happen to me? Well, there's also the questions of why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you do yeah, this? Yeah. Why didn't you do that? It's always your fault as opposed to, you know what? Why didn't, why did he rape me? Yeah. I didn't tell anybody for years. I mean, like probably 10 fucking years because I was just like so embarrassed yeah. that I would allow you that to happen to myself. They're embarrassed, dirty, wrong, just off. And, and this is again, the seventies. So we're not in a really enlightened time, but they're basically treating her. The defense is, is trying to make it like, is this was some yeah. consensual thing because she didn't leave, which is, uh, I mean, it's no different today. People, the, uh, the victim, the, the sexual assault victim will hundred percent get blamed. Why were you wearing that? Yeah. Why didn't you tell anyone sooner? You know, what did you do to antagonize him? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've read things that people tell him about these horrible stories. Like, Oh, and I got raped by this guy in the kitchen. And they're like, there's knives in the kitchen. How come he didn't grab a knife? You're not thinking about that when somebody is fucking raping you. No, your, your mind kind of goes blank. It's well, really... and if you like, like we were talking about earlier, when you're, a victim of abuse at a young age, you've conditioned yourself to just kind of freeze in that yeah, moment. Yeah, you just kind of check out. And that's what happened with me. It just checked out. Yeah. Just went somewhere else for a while. Mm -hmm. The only thing that, that brought me back was the phone ringing. No the shit. Phone, yeah, the phone started ringing and I, I made him stop. Like he was, he, I wasn't forced. I wasn't forcibly raped. I yeah. was drugged by my mother's boyfriend and then he took advantage of me. And when I said stop, he stopped. But the deal is a 35 year old man should never be touching a 16 year old girl. No, no, there's no, there is no world in which that is fucking okay. A 35 year old man shouldn't even be attracted to a 16 year old yeah. girl because that is a child. They yes. are a fucking child and you are an adult and, and that's disgusting. And this happened again, we're talking about years of psychological abuse. I was groomed for years. He targeted my mom to date her in the first place because she had a daughter. <sighs> so from the time of... I was 12 and then thinking back, like figuring out like, I was most likely drugged often in my, in, and I slept through all the other times. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's awful. That's the fucked up shit you got to deal with. And that's, it's when you're beaten down psychologically, your mind just shuts off. It doesn't matter how badass you are. Like I'm a badass. I'll fight right, a motherfucker. Right. Casey's seen me go ape shit on people. I have. I have fucking <laughs> lost my shit on people. And I, just, when it comes to defending myself, I just check out. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It's a, like the, the brain is fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is the case of Colleen Stan and her, the girl in the box. Jesus Christ, dude. Are there like, I imagine there are some cool documentaries about this. I haven't, like, I didn't find anything specifically. I found that, that movie. one lifetime, yeah. it was a TV movie. I don't know if it was a lifetime movie. I shouldn't disparage it that we're way. Just, we're just fucking around. Just just sorry, like, lifetime. Fuck that lifetime don't movie. <laughs> it's, it's probably some serious drama. Like there's like one lifetime producer that's listening to this and they're like these fucking bitches <laughs> i wish i got that i was on the lindsey lohan elizabeth taylor project oh man oh god that was a thing too yeah you remember that that was terrible oh god so bad <laughs> lifetime get your shit together for real too oh man so okay yeah so that's my that's your story. That's my presentation for the day. That's your <laughs> So uh, for those who, who don't remember, March, March, uh, we're recording this. It's April 3rd. 
uh, March was Women's History Month, which got overshadowed like usual by everything by everything yeah. but this time it was by a pandemic so i guess we'll give it a pass yeah <laughs> yeah everything went wrong so, so here we are in april discussing yeah. this yeah. this these are our women's studies groups yeah exactly we're terrible people <laughs> okay so uh on topic i kind of wanted to get into uh just a few kind of sobering facts about sex trafficking and, and the statistics thereof gotta bring down the room huh yeah. <laughs> Just to brighten up the room. <laughs> no, this is important. <laughs> so um, there are more than 4 million victims of sex trafficking globally. Uh, it's a study from the United Nations International Labor Organization estimated 3.8 million adults and 1 million children were victims of forced sexual exploitation in 2016 around the world. Good Lord. Uh, that's, that's just insane. Uh, not surprising. No, not surprising at all. 99% are women and girls. Oh, well, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. The vast majority of sex trafficking victims are women and girls, though men, boys, trans, intersex, and non-binary individuals can be victims as well. Yes. They're getting all their statistics from the International Labor Organization. Gotcha. Uh, there's no official estimate of sex trafficking victims in the U.S., because it's just so fucking rampant here. Yes. And a fun fact, Sacramento is a fucking hub for sex trafficking. Yep. Yeah, because we're a port city. Yeah, yeah, we're a port city and we have all these freeways that go east, west, north, south. Yes. I mean, it's insane. And uh, one of the most racially diverse cities in the country, actually. So mm -hmm. there's a, it's a lot easier to kind of hide the presence of somebody... We have just every kind of person here. It's not like being in the burbs. Like I grew up in the burbs. Right. It was white people and Mexican people with, with a right. couple, couple black people, a couple Asians, but never any immigrant families. Nobody right. who still spoke their home language. Right. None of that. Yeah. You know, I lived in the burbs, so it's a lot easier to hide here. Mm -hmm. Big time. Uh, seven in 10 victims were exploited in Asia and the Pacific region. Yes. Uh, one in seven reported runaways in the United States in 2018 is likely a victim of child sex trafficking. One in seven. Ugh, that turns your stomach. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, I should say like, this is the day. This is a, a segment we like to call the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> this this is gonna be not the fun Top Gun danger zone. Yeah, we're not taking the highway to the danger zone. No. We're going to the back we're, alley we're going, danger zone. Look, guys, it's in the title of the fucking podcast. <laughs> we're the deeper, darker variety show. You did this to yourself. <laughs> Um, uh, girls in foster care are, are particularly vulnerable. That makes sense. Um, profits from forced sexual labor are estimated at 99 billion oh, with a B dollars worldwide. Kid, that's just stomach churning. Seriously. Yeah. There are an estimated 9,000 illicit massage parlors across the United States. So that's like... A big place for them. And, and yes. the way you can recognize it, a possibly illicit uh, massage parlor is they have fucking curtains. You yes. cannot see into there from the street. And they have neon lighting. Also, when you get in there, if they ask you to choose your massage therapist by lining up a bunch of women... Right. You're probably in a in a handy shop. And we can make a lot of jokes about that. But do remember, most of these women are working under duress. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not there willingly. 
And, and even the ones that are exploitation. Ugh. And a lot of, when people are brought into sex trafficking, they're, they're given like a ray of sunshine. If you earn this much money for us, you are earning your freedom. Yeah. So women are just like, yeah, they, they, they don't get into it necessarily, but they just like, they think they, there's literally You do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. You do it like the, the people, we, we in this developed nation love to be very judgmental of what people do to survive. Uh, events like the Super Bowl increasingly are monitored for sex trafficking. Uh, efforts to combat trafficking around major events has increased in years because nobody's paying attention. Well, yeah, and there's a bunch of businessmen and, and rich people are coming into the city with money to burn. Yep. Rich yep. men love hookers. Yep. Uh, prosecutions of sex trafficking are actually down in the United States, and that's because they just really can't find these people. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. Uh, and last, last kind of fact about, or statistic about sex trafficking is victims are still arrested for crimes they were forced to commit yes. as traffickers. Yeah, that's why. by traffickers. They, they try to change laws to, to, to not focus on the sex worker and instead the, the, the pimp in the situation. Right, right. There, there's been a push lately. They call them safe harbor laws. And they've been passed in 34 states, which uh, are Excellent. meant to basically stop ch sex, uh, child sex trafficking victims from being prosecuted for sex working and other charges that are related to sex. Could you imagine charging of someone who is a victim of fucking slick slavery? What kind of piece of shit human do you have it's, to be? It's this weird ass thing that we think that women are, get into prostitution because they're simply pieces of shit and not because of... Uh, there's a variety of reasons people do sex work. Not all yeah. trafficking. Not all trafficking. There are some women who are in sex work and are, are and men who are doing it and doing yeah, it. Yeah, and that's know. and but they're doing it like of their own fruition. Yes. Like they're they're doing it on their own terms, yeah. you know, which hey, that's fine. You want to make I if there, was, if there wasn't for a market for it, they wouldn't be able to sell it. So Absolutely. it's the market that's the problem here. Yeah, it's it's the market that's the problem and it's the um being forced to do something yes. is the problem. Yes. If you're doing it uh, by your own free will, more power to you. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, a fucking bummer conversation. <laughs> so, so here are some uh, fun facts and tips for uh, getting out of a situation where you're being kidnapped or being forced into to sex trafficking. So one method is fighting off an attack. So you go into this fight or flight thing. They say, run away as fast as you can from someone who tries to take you. Fight them, scratch them, bite them, kick them, do whatever you have to do to just get out of that situation. The next thing is to yell attention to the situation. So if someone's creeping you out, draw attention to it. Start yelling, start screaming, start walking towards a group of people yes. or to a populated area or into a building or something. If you feel fucking creeped out, then follow that instinct. Uh, like I said, fight off your attacker as hard as you can. So anything you can do, punch them, like bite them, scratch them, kick them in the nuts, whatever you have to do to get away. Go for the eyes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all I wanted to say on that. So just, there there are ways to, I, I shouldn't say there are ways to get out. If you can't get out of a kidnapping situation, just, it is not your fucking fault. No, but God, there, no. But there are ways that you can try your hardest to get out of it. And don't feel bad about 
looking like a crazy person even if if you get the creeps by someone following you and they just happen to be walking down the same street as you and if you feel uncomfortable and start yelling and screaming at them who gives a fuck they're gonna fuck off you're never gonna see them again yeah. and they're just gonna go home and be like this crazy bitch <laughs> be willing to embarrass yourself it's fine yeah that's what i do so that's all i have to say about that thanks <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode. We hope you're all surviving out there. We hope by the time this is airing that we are on the other side of this shit. Yeah. Who knows? But just hang in there. Try and distract yeah, try yourselves. To, distractions. Try to find find something positive. Like, your mental health is the most important right now. Watch Wes Anderson movies. Just watch yeah. all of them. Yes. They're so calming. <laughs> your physical health is also very important. Stay at home. Stop shelter in place. Butts. Listen to the follow the fucking rules, people. Like, and stop hoarding shit because I'm like, Ashley had to bring me toilet paper today because I'm almost out. <laughs> we hope your asses are clean. We yeah. hope your lungs are clear. <laughs> and we'll see you again next time. Yes. Big kiss. Yes. Love you. Bye. Oh, um, uh, corrections, comments, concerns, oh, yeah, complaints. <laughs> email us at deeper, deeper, darker podcast at gmail.com. That's deeper, darker podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.